Brothers and sisters, have you ever heard someone say these expressions? Leave me alone. Or please give me a break. Or some expression like, get off my back. Of course, these expressions in some situations might, be, might have different meanings. But in general, those, those words are saying, please give me peace. Indeed, every single person in this world seeks peace in their own way. But the question is, what kind of peace? Peace of heart and mind, this is what they are looking for. Even the nations want, to, want peace, and they created an institution for that, the UN. Do you know what is the main purpose of the UN? The, the United Nations is an international organization committed to maintain international peace and security. But you and I, we know that they are not doing a good job. We shouldn't think that even though we are not currently experiencing war in our country, family, neighborhood, that doesn't mean the war is not happening now. Human perception can be easily deceived by sin. But let me tell you, there is an ongoing war right now that's invisible to our eyes. This war happens every single day. That is, sinners who offend, hate, and are against God and His will. Therefore, the wrath of God is upon them. Look what the Bible says in Romans chapter 1. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Many people try to avoid this biblical truth, seeking to create their own way of making a deal with God. A kind of agreement of peace to quiet the soul through good deeds. That agreement will be just empty to make the compensation for a restless soul that tries to heal itself in a wrong way. But the person will only find rest when he finds true peace. So, doing this, those people just show that they have no idea that the root of this problem is sin. No one would find celestial peace through, through his own attitudes or by his works. The truth is, there is nothing we can do about it because nobody on earth can solve this problem. There is no one among men who can make peace between God and us. Jesus Christ is the only one able to justify the ungodly, bring heavenly peace to his people, and give blessings. 
Augustine once said, You made us for, your, for yourself, and our hearts find no peace until they rest in you. In Romans chapter 5, from verse 1 to 5, Paul presents us with the blessings that are given only to those who have been justified by faith. Let me read once again verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Before talk about the first blessing, it is important to talk briefly about justification. Even though the text does not put a focus on justification, but on the benefits that result from justification. Being justified means that God declares you just before him of the merits of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ lived the perfect life. And in his perfect obedience, he made a perfect sacrifice. And all of these deeds were accepted by God the Father, who raised him from the dead. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, satisfied God's righteousness. For this reason, he can justify the ungodly. Paul often used the adverb, therefore, which means conclusion, as a nice transition to bring an explanation of what has been explained in the previous chapter, in this case, chapter 4, when he used to talk about Abraham's example. And it was with him, Abraham, was just, justified by faith. Believers also are justified by faith alone. Then, all those who believe in Jesus Christ will participate in the benefits of the righteousness of Jesus. The doctrine of justification teaches us that the life of Jesus Christ, perfect obedience, sacrifice, death, and resurrection is freely given to everyone who believes in him. In other words, the righteousness of Christ imputed to his covenant people. Notice this. We are not righteous by nature. On the contrary, we are sinners by nature. But because of Christ, we are treated as righteous through the righteousness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because of him, we are accepted before God. When our Heavenly Father sees his people, he no longer sees them. He sees the righteousness of Christ in them. After being declared righteous before God through Christ Jesus, we are blessed with these benefits. And the first blessing that God grants us Greats to the justified ones is peace. We have peace with God. It is hard, it is hard, especially in these days, to understand that we were enemies of God. When we bring up this topic, people usually get fearful or even doubtful. Some of them saying, This is not possible. 
God is love. How can a God of love be at war with me? I've never done anything wrong. I'm a good person. I even help some people in need. And always pay my taxes. And I'm sure that God is happy with my performance. When we, when, when we do not understand how evil is seen and how this offends the holiness of God, we will keep believing that our own works are good and acceptable before God. But look what the Bible says in Isaiah 6.4. We all have become like one who is unclean. And our, our righteousness deeds are like a polite po, garment. We all fade like a leaf. And our iniquities like the wind take us away. Why is that? Because we sinned against God. And we were dead in trespasses and sins. For those who are spiritual dead... They are, their only inclination is to sin and live a life of disobedience to God. In other words, they are against God. They, they don't walk according to the will of God. The Bible calls them children of wrath because they love the darkness rather than the light, because their works are evil. They are in position of constant rebellion against God. Therefore, there is no peace between them and God. But the good news is that God sent His only begotten Son, Christ Jesus. He came and made the peace. He reconciled us with God today there is a relationship between God and His people who are in Christ Jesus. Those who confessed that Jesus is the Lord and believed in their hearts will enjoy this benefit of justification, that is, peace with God. There is no longer war against God. We can be confident, brothers and sisters, there is no war because we have Christ Jesus. There is no judgment because we are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. Because we are in Christ. God is judge. God is the judge. But in Christ. God is father. Without Christ. The face of God is against us. But in Christ. We have received his love. Without Christ. We are at war, but in Christ Jesus, we have peace with God forever. Now, in peace with our Heavenly Father, we might have access into this grace. Let us read the verse 2, chapter 5. The Bible says, Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace, in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. As you know, or as you noticed, I have been learning English for seven years. In my first steps 
as a, in, uh, any English learner, I could understand what's the difference between may and can. Can. Okay? As you know, those express, those express ability and possibility. Right? Yeah. Okay. There is a short story that helped me a lot to understand that difference. Uh, in, in which situation can and may are used. I, th I think you already heard this story. The young student asked the teacher, asked, asked the teacher, excuse me, can I go to the restroom? And the teacher answered, yes, you can, but you may not. <laughs> that moment I said, got it. I understood. <laughs> when we talk about spiritual things, eternal salvation, forgiveness, reconciliation with God, being a partake of spiritual things, and countless other blessings. We cannot receive these blessings by ourselves. And we are, may not access, may, right, may not have access to those by ourselves as well. When you talk about spiritual things, I have to tell you, with all due respect, we cannot. Some people say, yes, we can. No, we can't. By ourselves, we cannot. Neither we can go to God by ourselves, nor even desire to obey his commands. And you can make this question, why not? And thank you for asking. Because the Bible says in Romans... None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside together. They have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one, the Bible says. Remember Jesus, brothers. Remember Jesus. He brought us to a new position before God. And now we are in a state of grace. What I mean by that is now we are in a new position before God. As his beloved children. We have been accepted into the beloved. In the beloved. And we are steadfast. Sorry, we are steadfast in grace. Sometimes I put steadfast, but steadfast, right? I'm process. I'll get there. Pray for me. A crucial point. We listen. A crucial point. We are not holding this grace, but this grace is holding us in the in by, in by the power of God. Do you understand? Because of this amazing grace, we might have access to God. When the Bible uses this expression, this grace, some understand it is as justification. However, this grace means the ability through Christ to have access to God's presence. Look what the Bible says in Hebrews. There, Hebrews 10. 10. Therefore, brothers, since we have the confidence to enter the holy place 
places. By the blood of Jesus. By the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. Now, in Christ Jesus, everything is different. Through Jesus, we have access to the Father. When, remember, when Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, they were privileged to have access to, to the Father, to the God. God talking to them, and they could talk to God. But once they sinned, they were cast out. But now, we have been brought back into the presence of God because of Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus said in John, Gospel of John chapter 14, when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We need Jesus to talk, to see, to receive the Father. We can, now, brothers and sisters, we can pray to the Father through Christ Jesus. We can listen to our Heavenly Father. Wait, 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 we are Presbyterian, we can listen. Yes, we can listen through the scriptures. Because God speaks to his people through the Bible. Many people, they said, we don't like that church or that church because they don't listen to the voice of the Lord. Of course we listen to the voice of the Lord. The Bible, God speaks speaks to his people through the Bible. And, and only, this is so amazing, and only the children of God who have been redeemed by the sacrifice of Christ can hear the voice of the good shepherd through the scripture. Brothers and sisters, many times, we have not taken advantage of this privilege of our new position in Christ. We have enjoyed very little of this privilege. It is important to understand as a justified that we live before the face of God. So we need to be aware that we have the great and unique privilege of having access to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let me ask you this. Have you enjoyed this benefit in your Christian life? To talk to God through Jesus Christ. Have you enjoyed this benefit? But the verse tells us about the new position that we have in Christ Jesus. Why do we withstand? Because we are strengthened by this grace and hope that we have in God. In the verse 2, that we enjoy this benefit, and the next step will be to be strengthened by the trust and hope in God. In the verse 2, the Bible says, Part B, through Him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace, which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Why do we stand? 
because, like I said, we are strengthened by His grace and hope that we have in God. That means boldness, courage. Moreover, this hope is closed with joy. However, it is necessary to distinguish between the hope that many people usually talk about it and the hope that the believer stands. For instance, someone might say, I hope next year everything will be different. I hope next year everything will be better. I hope that things can get better. It is not wrong to think that way. However, these examples that I have mentioned depend on various circumstances to change. But the truth is, the truth is that most of them will never change. And instead, it can go from bad to worse. But the hope that the Bible speaks is firm and true. Our hope rests in the glory of God. One day, all the inhabitants of, of the earth will witness the glory of God. The glory of God is something untouchable. Only He is worthy to be glorified. His glory is non-transferable. His glory is unique. His glory is incomparable. His glory is inevitable. And one day, before the name of Jesus, every new shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory, to the glory of God the Father. For this reason, we stand. And not only that, we might rejoice in it. We rejoice not, on, not, not only because we have received many earthly blessings. And thanks God for that we have been received. But we do rejoice mainly because we have received countless heavenly blessings. Believers, we have an unshakable hope. Why is that? Again... Because our hope rests in God. In light of that, we can wait for our Lord during the difficult times. Look what the Bible says in Isaiah 46, 4. From old no one has heard or perceived by ear. No eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. His words are faithful. And everything he said in his word, he has fulfilled. But there is more. Look at the verse 3 and 4. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. This is... This does not mean that we like suffering, right? But what is the Bible saying here? We might understand this in two ways. First, the sufferings or tribulation that we have experienced do not compare with the glory that will be revealed to the children of God. Second, 
There is a divine purpose. Even in the midst of the Christian suffering. Indeed, we don't like suffer, right? It's not something like, oh, who's the next? My, me. We don't like that. But the truth is, we are going, we are going to suffer. And some more intensively than others. I would like to point out something about suffering. Often, we might classify suffering Christians as those who are in countries where the persecution of Christians is physical. And indeed, that, that is suffering. And we all agree about that. However, we shouldn't limit, limit suffering only within that aspect. We cannot forget our brothers and sisters that have been suffering for several illness. For instance, some Christians are suffering from the constant battles of the mind, depression, depression, anguish, and so on. Therefore, the Christian will always be going through some kind of suffering. If you are suffering now, have strength. Take courage. Jesus overcame the world. And for those who, are, who might not, for those who might not be suffering now, get ready. Suffering is coming. Suffering, suffering is inherent in the Christian life. Look what the Bible says when Paul talks about this in the verse 3. Paul, says, Paul shows us a sequence saying that the sufferings produce endurance. Endurance produces patience. And patience produces hope. Can you see all the progress in Paul's words here? Why do we suffer? First, because we live in a fallen world. Full of sins and sinners. That includes you and me. For this reason, we suffer. Second, although we have been saved by Christ and no longer live in sin, our, our way of living in this world is diametrically opposite to what this world holds. The world loves darkness. The world hates Christ. Remember when Jesus said in John 15, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecute me, they will also persecute you. As children of God, we want to please God and live for his glory because we were created to glorify God and enjoy him forever. This standard of living presents itself as an enemy's to this world. Look what the Paul spoke to Timothy about that. Indeed, all those, indeed all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And I know we don't like suffering, but allow me to say this. Suffering is often one of the God's tools, tools 
that teaches us the path of humility, submission, and teaches us to depend on God day by day. I end this point with this statement. God's will is always purposeful. For everything under the heavens has a purpose. Because our God rules heaven and earth. And all the inhabitants of the earth are under the decree of God. When we understand this process that we might go through. We will be able to say, it is good for me that I was afflicted. That I might learn your statutes. And the last verse, verse 5, said, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our heart through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. What a privilege! What an honor! We are loved by God. And the Holy Spirit is a gift from God to all who have been justified by faith. The Holy Spirit is the one who grants the assurance. I, I practice this word because when I was practicing my house, my wife said, you said insurance and assurance. <laughs> I said, but the both is correct. He's my insurance. <laughs> he protect me. But you know, the assurance of our salvation. The Holy Spirit is the one who strengthens and sustains us in our Christian walk, brothers and sisters. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in his power. He's our helper. Because the Bible says that. He's the one. He's the one. We were sealed. Thus showing that. We are his possession. And through him the love of God is poured out. Poured out in our hearts. The love of God. What, that we have received from him. Give us the ability. Remember ability and possibility. He gives us also the ability to love God as well. Let us remember. Let us remember the words of Jesus when he says in the gospel of John 14. If anyone loves me. He will keep my word. And my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. You guys, you know the difference house and home, right? This is my house if I say that. But if I say this is my home, it's different? Yeah. <laughs> this is my home. He will, the Bible says, and make our home with him. The test says all of that will not bring us this discouragement or shame why not why not because the love of God dwells in the life of him or her who was justified by Christ Jesus remember that we should have received the wrath of God because we had offended God's holiness sinned against God and we were God's enemies but on the contrary on that Christ on that day, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, received God's wrath in our place. So that today we might receive the love of God. 
our confidence in Christ Jesus and his love will strengthen us. Therefore, our hope in Jesus will never put us to shame because our hope is based on the God's love for us. Brothers and sisters, we will suffer, yes. We will cry, yes. And yes, one day we will die. But in the end, remember this, in the end, when Jesus Christ returns, our suffering will turn into exaltation. Our cry will turn into rejoice, full of joy and glory. And there will be no more death. For the old things has passed away. And all things have become new. Brothers and sisters, we have peace with God. And access to this grace. God's love has been poured out into our hearts by the presence of the Holy Spirit. In us. This is our hope. This is our peace. Let us pray. Our Father who art in heaven, keep our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ until this mortal life is ended and all that is in earth return to dust. Give us strength to serve you faithfully until the promised day of resurrection, when with the redeemed, with the redeemed, we will feast with you at your table for your glory, for your glory through Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, we ask this through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the, win- in the unit of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen.